In the wake of the Great War and the Great Depression, children needed great heroes. So with the world on the verge of global conflict again, Stan Lee, Jack Kirby, and a handful of others created some great heroes and gave them to the children. And one such hero was the first American to be seen punching a Nazi in the face. Wait, what year did Captain America start? 1941. Okay. Sure. First American? You think so? I think so. That's the first American punching Hitler, for sure. I don't know if I would say such lofty claims without really knowing that. It's Captain America punching Hitler. Tell me you wouldn't buy this magazine. Um, 45 pages for a dime. In 1941? Nobody knows Hitler's scary yet. In 1941. Sure we do. No. We weren't at war with him yet. That's the point. Yeah, but... Why does Bucky look like a goddamn doll or something because he's basically a teenage he's a, he's a kid he's yes but he looks like my dummy yeah fair yeah so the art's not great <laughs> this is the greatest opening of our podcast ever yes already tearing this shit apart hi i'm jay i'm stacy and this is marvel movie night This week on Marvel Movie Night, we watched 2011's Captain America, colon, The First Avenger. Um, I have to say, the title is annoying. This, why in the world is Captain America sharing any of the spotlight with people who aren't even in the fucking movie? This should just be called Captain America. Well, exclamation point. There was a Captain America movie already. It was a series of shorts done a long time ago uh, on the, they were black and white shorts. Oh, and you're, you're telling me that they couldn't possibly name a movie the same fucking, that bullshit. They, they don't, no. they avoid naming the same movie the exact same thing, yes. Absolutely nobody, nobody would get confused about the difference between 2011 Captain America, exclamation point, and Captain America, a bunch of black and white shorts Stacy has never heard of. Fair enough. This it, one. Because, already you think, ah, oh, crap, it's going to be an Avengers movie. And it's not an Avengers movie. Mm. Uh, this is straight off the top, a movie Stacy would watch as long as she didn't realize it was a comic book movie. Okay, well, it was made by Paramount and Marvel. Well, good for them. Written by Christopher Marcus. Mm-hmm. Directed by Joe Johnson and starring. Okay. It's a long list of, oh, look who that is. Everybody knows who Chris Evans is. Yeah, the Human Torch. I'm sorry, what? The Human Torch from Fantastic Fourth. The... Oh, yeah, that's right. That fucking. Yeah. Jesus Christ. These assholes. God damn it. I hate them all. Hugo Weaving. 
You might not know his name, but I know you know his face. He's Elrond from the Lord of the Rings. Yeah. And apparently also the asshole scary monster agent from agent The Matrix. Strip. Yep. Uh, Samuel L. Jackson, of course. Uh, just briefly, though. Uh, Sebastian Stan. I know his name. I don't know who he is. He plays Bucky Barnes. Uh, he also played Tommy Lee in the, the new Pam and Tommy movie. And he was in The Martian. Okay. Uh, Natalie Dormer. Who, again, you won't know her name, but you will know her face from Game of Thrones and uh, The Hunger Games. Sure. Uh, Tommy Lee Jones, you know his yeah. face, his personality, his quirks, and all of his movies. Uh, Tommy Lee. Uh, Stanley Tucci, of course. Yeah. He needs no introduction. Toby Jones, who probably does need introduction, um, but he's been around forever. He's in The Mist, uh, one of the better Stephen King movies. The Hunger Games, Titanic, and uh, something I newly learned, he was the voice of Dobby in Harry Potter. Um, uh, Neil McDonough. Uh... He probably doesn't pronounce his name that way. He's an American. Um, he's from Timeline and Minority Report. One of those guys you know his face. No idea who he is. Uh, Filch from Harry Potter. Uh, David Bradley. Um, Rose will be excited because uh, Clara from Doctor Who is in it. Jenna Coleman. Um... Stan Lee, of course. Yeah. He snuck in there for about half a second. And I can't believe I didn't recognize him faster. Uh, Richard Armitage, who was Thorin in The Hobbit. And uh, I know everybody's all hot for Legolas, but he was my dude. Okay. Um, and I believe that is it. I told you it was a long list of, holy crap, it's that guy. That's a long list. So, what'd they pay for this movie? Well, considering the costuming. It's basically a period piece. Yeah, basically. It's a period sci-fi is what it is. Yeah. Oh, it had to have been expensive. I'm thinking, I'm going to say $150 million-ish. 140. 140. Yep. Wow. Okay. Opening weekend pulled 65 million. That's it? Yeah. That's but cool. he's the first Avenger. He is the first Avenger. <laughs> uh, it grossed domestically 177. Yeah. And worldwide 371. Well, it's not terrible, I guess. It spent a week at Are number one. Are you kidding? And only 24 weeks in theaters. I, okay, so consistently a movie i enjoy the dude bros are not showing up for yeah so the last harry potter movie was still in theaters when this came out oh those well, spent more than a week yeah the last last harry potter the deathly hollows 2 oh yeah like people um, went to go see that six or seven times and this was unseated by a pair of movies I can tell by your face that this is hilarious. Cowboys 
and Aliens. Hey, now I like that movie. And the Smurfs. <laughs> Simultaneously released the next week. Simultaneously unseated Captain America. That is so sad. Listen, Harrison Ford can unseat anybody. But Neil Patrick Harris and the Smurfs, I'm not sure. And then while it was running, you might have also gone to the theaters to see The Help. Oh, best movie ever. And Final Destination. I'm... One of the later ones. We were in the movies a lot. Final Destination. We were in the movies a lot that year. Yeah. Because we definitely took the kid to see that. I uh, mean, that sounds terrible because she was like 11. But if you knew her, you would know. <laughs> So, normally I let us get started and then I dive back into first appearances and talking uh, about the characters quite a bit. But you can't handle it. You have to tell us now. I can't handle it. I want to do this first. All right. Captain America first appears in 1941 in his own magazine. I just showed you the cover. Yeah. Um, It's not even at that point Marvel Comics. The, The company's name is actually Timely Comics. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, Marvel ends up, they change their name, do some reorganizing. It's it's still a Marvel comics. Um, but during the golden era of comics, uh, it did not have the Marvel brand. So to put this into perspective for me, this comic book started when my dad was two years old. Yes. So he would have missed this one. <laughs> So Stan and Jack and a few others. I didn't realize Stan Lee was so much older than my dad. Yeah. Stan and Jack and a few others created a bunch of uh, heroes. Marvel Boy, the Invisible Man. I've read some Invisible Man from like way back in the Red day. Red Raven, Human Torch, but not the Human Torch from Fantastic Four. This Human Torch was a robot. Uh, Namor. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, okay. Namor. Marvel's Aquaman. Yeah, I knew I heard that name before. Um, Kazar, who lives in the the Savage Land, he's like Marvel's answer to um, Tarzan. But very few of these characters actually got brought into the Silver Age. I'm a little annoyed at how often these comic book guys steal each other's ideas. And, well, Tarzan obviously is not a comic book character, but... Um, very few of these characters got brought whole cloth into the Silver Age, into the 616. Uh, well, except Captain America is like the ultimate uh, masturbatory aid. So Captain America, towards the end of the Golden Era, superheroes are fading away. Mm-hmm. And Captain America and his sidekick Bucky. Uh, go to stop this. Yeah, okay. I knew he was a sidekick. Yes. So they just yes. totally fucked that Absolute up. Absolute sidekick. I knew something was wrong with that. Uh, they go to stop this experimental plane. It explodes. Both of them fall into the ocean. They're both assumed dead. Captain America's magazine goes on for a few more issues. It actually becomes a horror magazine where Captain what? America is like a crypt keeper telling stories about like monsters oh what the fuck weirdness is that that fades away when the 616 is born at with the fantastic four 
a few months later, they bring the Avengers. And issue number four of the Avengers uh, is where they find Captain America. Now, Captain America had been frozen on ice and has been floating in the sea for about 20 years at this point, not the 80 that they showed in the movie. Namor finds some natives. Okay, can we talk about how if he fell into the sea, he would not be in a block of ice? Yeah, sure. What? Namor finds some natives These worshiping. Need to pick up a, a fucking book of knowledge. <laughs> Namor finds some natives on an ice flow <laughs> worshiping a frozen man. Oh my god, what the fuck gets, kind of bullshit is that? Gets jealous and punts him into the ocean. Because he's in warmer water, he starts melting, and the Avengers in a submarine just happen to find him and pull him aboard the sub where he thaws out. So what I'm hearing is Stan Lee is not the infallible storyteller that you would have had me believe. These are not perfect stories. My God, that's an understatement. But they are amazing. Well, yeah, you know how you know? They labeled them so. One more <laughs> thing to talk about before we dive in, and I'll I'll do some more talking about characters. Oh, dear comic God, origins. we all can't wait. Bucky's lost for a while, but Rick Jones, Rick Jones, the kid that uh, Bruce Banner saved and thus got hit by the gamma bomb and became the Hulk. Sure. Rick Jones ends up floating around the comics for a while. He falls in with the Avengers and becomes a replacement Bucky Barnes Jesus Christ. and follows Captain America around for a while as his sidekick. You know, I'm starting to think that the people that wrote the first soap opera were comic book fans. Yeah, sure. Rick Jones also ties into the original Captain Marvel later, but I don't think we're going to get him in uh, Marvel, not Marvel. I don't think oh. we're going to get him in the... Uh, See, this is what I love you so much, but this is where you lose me. You start just throwing out willy nilly giant plot points. And then just leave them. <laughs> we'll come back to them in 40 years. No, oh, good God almighty. Somebody help me. I, I'm, I'm, I'm blinking. Well, come with, get me. <laughs> with that groundwork laid. And with oh, the yes, because that was so important that you didn't tell me before we watched the movie. With with the massive amount of history that is being brought to this movie. Well, now you just made the movie sound really bad. Let's dive in. It, it's not anywhere near as rich as that whole huge backstory you just told us, yeah. which I know you left details out of. Boy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Okay. Uh, so we get the Marvel opener, which is a little bit different. You said than it's 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 changing. Yeah, there there were different panels, um, or they, yeah, because I had started to recognize a couple of them, and and then they were gone. You know, they hate me. What I don't know what their problem is. And that opens from the opener to a blizzard. There are some guys from DC wanting to see this weather balloon that they found. Well, you know why they say weather balloon, right? 
Because it's always a weather balloon. Yeah, because if they don't know what it is, they don't want to call it a UFO because... Yeah. It's like the experimental MREs that sometimes get lost out in NTC. What? The experimental MRE is code for sensitive item. So if somebody like loses a, a nine millimeter, they don't want to tell the world that they've lost a oh my nine millimeter God. and they're searching for a nine millimeter. They're searching for experimental MREs. <sighs> Have I just broken Facebook for you? Facebook. Oh yeah, I hear people talking about experimental memories. Now we're not on the same internet, the the two of us. I. I Anyway. Wait, no, 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 no. (laughs) Sometimes people lose sensitive items. Yes, no, no. While they're training, I am well aware of the the morons that leave their guns in the shit house. Yeah. Yeah. Not a surprise. I'm just surprised that we all can't be adults and be like, hey, nine millimeter on the loose everybody start fucking looking yeah well that's a time to panic man internally they talk about it for real yeah internally like 800 dudes all are gossiping about it everybody knows externally we don't want to say hey we're we're the assholes who lost a nine millimeter if i ever hear somebody say you've lost an ex an experimental MRE. I am now you fucking know. no, I'm leaving. <laughs> what because whatever it is they're talking about, I don't want to know about it. I'm not about that. I don't want to be involved. Well, and I may have just got myself kicked out of the club by spilling the beans on the code word. Oh, fuck that club. <laughs> yeah, no, but yeah, I don't give a crap. So do we do we even know anybody that's actually active duty anymore? Yeah. Well, besides uh, your old boss? Yeah, a couple. A couple of guys who've worked for me over the years are still in. No, me, personally. Do I care about anybody that's still active duty? Because I don't even, I don't know your old Ziggo. Uh, Major McNair. Oh, that's fair. Yeah, okay. Don't fuck that club then. No. Yeah. That's one. Yeah, she's awesome. <laughs> she really is. She's also not listening to this, I'm, I'm going to guess. Probably not. Uh, yeah, so they drill into this ship with lasers. Uh-huh, and already off the bat, I'm like, what the fuck is this? I mean, technology is different in the Marvel Universe. I mean, but does but it have still. to be? <laughs> because it's a laser. It's going to cut everything it touches. As soon as you put a hole in the hull of this weather balloon... <laughs> It's going to, it, lasers don't stop. They just keep going. It's my understanding that if you point a strong enough laser at the moon, it'll touch the moon. Yeah, and then bounce back at you. So, um, so it would be a really bad idea, I'm thinking, to use that to cut something. Yeah, I don't know. I, I just, I, uh, I fucking hate it. But We're these... half a second into the movie and already I'm like... I hate, I hate this that they're showing me. But these guys are digging around uh, this, what looks like an alien spaceship. It does. But it also looks like, like the struts and supports and things look familiar. And I can't think of what it is it re- it's reminding me of. But while they're digging around, they, they find uh, a capsicle. Well, was he attached to that? I don't because know. All I, I saw all was, I the saw shield. was the shield, too. 
So. But they were pretty excited. So we jumped to 1942 Norway. I thought it was 43. Pretty sure it said 42. I wrote 43. We jumped to Norway. <laughs> sure. Okay. Uh, Finch from Harry Potter is hiding from some tanks. Filts. That's what I said. Drive me nuts when you do that. Um, and the tanks just break down his wall and kill his kid. Is it really a tank, Jay? It had tracks. No, but... Oh, good point. How I can't believe you. <gasps> you really aren't a soldier anymore, are you? <laughs> My God, did you just mm -hmm. willingly use the word tank as a generic name? Sure. For a vehicle with tracks? Anyway, they bust well, down the you wall. You know what? I know one thing. It wasn't a fucking Bradley. It wasn't a Bradley fighting vehicle. It's so funny. Okay. Uh, just real quick. Yeah. The Indiana Jones vibes. Strong. All throughout. Because the knight yeah. with the sword in his hands and the shield. Yeah. And the... The, the Nazis searching for artifacts. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's... But that's a known yeah. historical fact. But tanks busting through rock walls. You have a motorcycle chase later where they even do a very similar... Because in, in Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, he uses, uh, I don't know, like a flagpole or something to stop the uh, motorcycle. And, and they're very similar everything. This is very Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Yeah, which George, I'm not mad at. I'm perfectly happy. George Lucas should have got some kickback money on this movie. Oh, yeah. they I don't know that they stole, but it was a little bit more than an homage. Um. But yeah, so we like straight up are yeah. looking at uh, a knight of some sort that's holding a cube. What? Okay, yeah. So this is this is Nazis, but it's also Hydra busting in looking for artifacts, and the artifact that they're looking for is the cosmic cube, also known as the Tesseract. Mm -hmm. The Tesseract is a four-dimensional cube. Yes. <laughs> well, by definition, a cube... Is only three dimensions. Yep. Yes. So a Tesseract is a cube with another dimension. Well, you know, I'm just not going to bother to try to wrap my brain around that because that's dumb. Human beings have a hard time. Well, it's not... I mean... Not a hard time. It is a an object. Yeah. That it can't have a fourth dimension. Well, we can't perceive the fourth dimension. We're not having this argument. Okay. Magic square. Magic fucking Odin square. Magic fucking Odin square. Okay, so Agent Smith or Elrond. Uh, Would you call him his name? Oh, the Red Skull. Yes. Okay. Uh, wearing his person face. Um, <laughs> wearing his people mask. He busts open the, the tomb. He busts open the tomb and finds a, a cube, which he immediately knows is not the test rat, and he smashes it on the floor. Why does he know it's not? I Because it wasn't glowing with power. Uh, I thought it was. It was glowing from the inside. Yeah. It looked glowy to me. It wasn't glowy enough. Who the fuck 
would bother to make a fake version of that and then hide it in a goddamn tomb. Yeah. And then put the real one like five feet away in the wall. Yeah. What's that about? I don't know. Like what kind of lazy archaeologist just quits looking when they hit the the tomb? Fair caught. You got me. I'll go home now. What the fuck? Yeah. But he gets the real one. And then he's, they do that just so they can do the secret compartment, right? Yes. So they can be all Indiana Jonesy. Absolutely. And I, I mean, straight up reference Indiana Jones. He's like the Fuhrer's digging for trinkets in the desert, and I found the real power. Okay, but he say the quote the correct way, or you're going to get fussed at. Say the quote the correct way, then. I'm not going to do the accent. Sure. He's holding it up in the air, and he's all. Huh. And the Fuhrer digs for trinkets in the desert. Uh, that's not how he said it. I don't know why I just said it that way. Um, because he's a Fru Fru princess. <laughs> <laughs> um, that is, it's not a direct quote, but that was said in um. Uh, the Ark of the Covenant, Indiana Jones movie. Okay. Um, and the Fuhrer was literally running around trying to find all kinds of magic things, which seems insane. Yeah. I always thought it seemed like such a strange aberration in his personality. And then I think of Trump and I go, you know, I absolutely would believe that Trump thought that there was magic. And that he could take over the world if only he could get the tarot cards to lay out right. <laughs> I I would not have a hard time believing that kind of stupidity from him. So I'm really starting to rethink my big scary monster vision of Hitler. He did big scary monster things. And made other people do big scary monster things. But that guy really was just like a sad little worm. Who believed stupid shit. Like... I wish I could tell little me to laugh at the guy instead of being afraid of him. Yeah. Seriously. Just, uh, they would have blown my mind. I mean, if more people laughed at him. Then he would have been worse. Yeah, the enough. reason he was like that is because people laughed at him, babe. Fair enough. They told him he couldn't be in art school. Well, speaking of and, people that people laugh at. Sorry, what? I just went off on a whole tangent. We're like five minutes into the movie. Yeah. Uh, speaking of people that people laugh at we cut to a tiny little twerp in the enlistment office this i do not enjoy looking at him looking like this because his head is like six times too big for his body i know that it's supposed couldn't they just get some skinny kid why did they have to cgi that all yeah or get a dj qualls in there and yeah. put Oh, yeah, that's exactly the body. And put Steve Rogers' face on him. I'm sorry, DJ. You know you're small. He, he is a very skinny guy. And he's but he, uh, and he's lanky. Especially back then. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Put Steve Rogers' face on DJ Qualls' body and, and run with that. Yeah, I don't know if that was... If they did a version of that and they just did... It looks like a little kid's body with an adult head. Um, and it's it's very distracting. It doesn't look as bad as my memory tells me it was, though. Yeah. Which kind of surprised me. I'm <laughs> like, apparently my memory plays tricks on me. <laughs> but, 
but he's definitely not eligible to go to war. He's the asthma alone. They tell him would would be too much, and he's, he's so, got like fifteen other things wrong. Is there a height requirement to join the army? There is a height requirement to join the army. I I don't know how strict it was then, because like they needed all the bodies they could get. Yeah, that's they always get a little bit lax when uh, when they're running out of cannon fodder. Yeah. Um. I wondered because he was also exceptionally short. Yeah. When the, later on, when we meet Agent Carter, she dwarfs him. She makes him. She, I mean, he makes her look like Andre the Giant. Yeah, that pretty. I mean, pretty good. I would be very uncomfortable to hang out with a guy that that was that small, because it would make me feel absolutely humongous. Um, and then I really like after he he gets told he can't join the army. I don't know. He could join the Air Force. <laughs> uh, don't at, they want smaller guys? I don't know. That's not the point. After he gets told he can't join, he then goes to the movie where the movie announced that the newsreel guy is telling him how pathetic a human being he is because he can't join the fight. Well, it does say all able-bodied men. Yes. It's, I mean, and he's not an able-bodied man, but that's not the point. To him... These are daggers. Oh, you think so? Oh, absolutely. The, but they distracted from that by having the heckler, which I I find it very hard to believe that that would have actually happened. Yeah. Because this is the only news they got. There was a there was a news reel at the beginning of every movie you went to see. Um, and a lot of people only went to the movies just to see what the news was. Sure. And. And if, to look for their husbands in video. And if you're a fighting age male in that movie theater and you haven't enlisted, you're not calling attention to yourself during the the patriotic I would, swell. I would think so. That guy seemed macho enough. Maybe he was a soldier. Maybe. But, but I didn't get that impression. He seemed like a... No, because later when he's out back, uh, beating up Steve Rogers, he doesn't. He doesn't have a soldier look to him. He has a okay. Well, this is a movie. Fair enough. Uh, and they don't. None of them have high and tights. Yeah. So I mean, he he seems like uh the kind of guy who would beat up on somebody significantly smaller than him because there's something wrong with him, and either he can't join the army or he's a fucking coward and he's hiding. Yeah. So he wouldn't call attention to himself. Not like that in no. that situation. No. I mean, I'm sure there's some moron around here. So while this is going on, we do get what is going to be a catchphrase for Captain America. Oh, the uh, I could do this all day. Yes. Yeah. Well, see, right then I was like, oh, you fucking idiot. But then later when he says it, I was like. Fuck yeah, you can. Yeah. Because if you can take it as a, a little weasel guy, you, you're definitely going to be able to do it now. Yeah. Yeah, I started to like him a little bit, and then it made me mad. <laughs> it made me a little mad. I didn't I didn't, I want to like him. <laughs> the thing is, I just have a problem with people who are overly patriotic, who who want to join the army to, to defend our country and all that. <laughs> patriotic bullcrap that sounds like religion to me sure and 
the, the propaganda is strong at this time. Both of his uh, parents have died in service to the country, and the first thing he wants to do is jump in and die also. Yeah. Uh, I, I just, I don't fucking like it. Yeah, except this is a worthwhile fight. Okay, but at the time, they were kind of keeping how bad it was away from the American people. Certainly. So he isn't going to go free Jews. He doesn't know how bad it is. So, yeah, in hindsight, it's a great fight. Uh, You know, get it up for killing some Nazis and shit. But all they think that they're fighting for until they get there and see it is is keeping the Nazis from coming to America. And. And this is a little bit of uh, 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 toxic masculinity, right? A man will stand up and defend his country. This is what a man does. Not. Meanwhile, the women are all in the background doing. Keeping the country running. Yeah. Well, we're keeping the country running. Uh, We're building the bombs and making the bullets. And in the military, they're doing absolutely all of the jobs that the men can't do. Yeah. Um. I'm not at, at, at no point am I saying blind patriotism is good. That's close to nationalism yeah. and that way lies Nazis. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, but this particular character, I understand his motivations. Yeah. He's not well, my favorite, but I understand. Him. Yeah. No, we, we, you and I are both have very different perspectives on, sure. on the American propaganda machine. Absolutely. And the military and, yeah. I mean, I was raised to believe that the, well, no, I wasn't raised to believe that. I learned through reading actual history on my own that American soldiers are terrible. Sometimes. And they do the same thing that the Nazis did and hide behind, I was just following orders all the time. I love you and I appreciate your your military service. Thank you, Jay. For sacrificing for our country. However, historically, your teammates have sucked. And I just, that's why I've had such a hard time liking him. Is all I'm saying. Well, while he's getting his ass beaten in an alley, his teammate steps in. Yeah, but he's he's a friend teammate, so he's better. Yeah. Bucky uh, stands up for him, chases the asshole off. And then they go meet some girls at an expo. And this isn't like the first Stark expo. This isn't like no. a direct connection to Iron Man. It kind of seemed like it was. It, but it feels like it's a precursor to that, right? Um, well, at first I wondered if they weren't doing like a riff off of the World's Fair. Which, yeah. Which is what, you know, we had in, real, in the real world yep. for technology and, and stuff showing off and but I think maybe this was a Stark thing. Yeah. And they just later called it Stark when he because he didn't seem like he was much of a name in the no. movie. Like this is the beginning of, of Howard Stark. I yeah. Think. So I think maybe they changed he's, the name of it. He's showing off his, his flying car. And he's <laughs> like, I, would... I told you it'd be a few years. Oh yeah, because it uh 
just as soon as I was like, bull crap, they got flying cars. That yeah. pisses me off. And then it all, it collapsed. Um, and this is not the same actor that they used for Howard Stark in the Iron Man No, he, because, because he's significantly older in, in the, uh, Fair enough. the Stark movie, I mean, the Iron Man movies. Fair enough. The, he was, he looks close enough that I could let it go. Yeah. Um, but if they'd used the same guy, it would have been weird. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm down for, for no continuity or it's your, so while this demonstration is happening, Steve slips off uh, to the enlistment office, and they have this really cool enlistment thing. Yeah, where you where it's got a mirror above the soldier's face. Yeah, so when he stands in front of it, it looks like he's the soldier, but he's so short that you only see him from like the nose up. Yeah, and it was really sad. Uh, poor guy, and uh, Bucky gives him a bunch of shit. Okay. They call each other punk and jerk. Okay. And I thought both of those terms seem anachronistic. Okay. But like a good uh, ADHD researcher slash I, podcast host. Sure, whatever. That that I don't Google things for the podcast. I Google things for knowledge. Um, they're not anachronistic. However, the meanings have changed. Um, punk is the 1940s version of twink. So he was affectionately calling him an effeminate gay man, which is homophobic in a cute and friendly way. Ish. Like back in the nineties, we used to call each other gay is kind of like a, an affectionate insult. Okay, I get that, because we've got examples of that doing that now. And then jerk, unless we're going to change our rating, I'm not going to explain. We're already explicit. How? <laughs> well, uh, there are different kinds of jerk. Okay. But the first use of that that is known of is this kind of jerk. And I don't know how this kind of jerk. Becomes soda jerk? Yeah. Um, or like the jerk spice, it's always made me laugh. Uh, like jerk chicken tastes better than anything you'll ever put in your mouth. But then you also, yeah, I don't know. And it also means like a jackass. Like huh. don't, don't be a jerk. Yeah. But we've changed it. It wasn't that to begin with. So, uh, okay. you know, they, they were not being anachronistic, just, um, it changes the feel of the moment a little bit to not be all that great, really. <laughs> um, but Stanley Tucci, uh, Dr. Erskine, or whatever. Erskine. Erskine. Sure. Uh, he's listening to this argument uh, and really just the... He's being extremely obvious to the audience that he is eavesdropping. That he is, he is dropping eaves on the... Uh, absolute saccharine patriotism that is happening there. But Steve tries to enlist again. You know, I knew somebody who tried to enlist multiple times, but it wasn't their body that there was a problem. They couldn't pass the um, mental part of the, you know, requirements. I felt very bad for them. Uh, and <laughs> Steve, this is the fifth time Steve has tried to enlist with several different names. 
In different towns. In different towns. So when the doctor tells him to wait and leaves, he gets a little nervous. Yeah. He gets even more nervous when the MPs pop in. It's just one MP. But he's he's doing that thing where he's being stoic and just staring at him and not saying anything. Yeah. That would intimidate anybody. Uh, and so uh, Tucci pops in and... Uh, starts to have a conversation with him and he asks Steve Rogers like why do you want to be in the army you want to kill Nazis oh yeah oh but he doesn't want to kill anybody no he doesn't he just doesn't like bullies which shows his naivety perfectly yeah oh I don't want to kill anybody but you're gonna join the army during wartime and go kill some people and go kill people because they're being bullies. Okay, but, hey, you know, do you think he's that dumb? Like, I don't want to kill guys, but I will. If I have to, to stop them from killing other people. Like, I get I get it. I get it. Yeah, but my answer would have been, yes, I want to kill Nazis. Because that's what you're joining the army to do. Yeah, but, like, it's this answer that makes him the guy that... Doc wants. Yeah, it's this right. answer that makes him not a soldier. The reason that he's getting picked is because that little boy is not a soldier. He's he's not. Yeah. That attitude, even if his body worked, that attitude would not get him anywhere. I, I just, I, I'm going to continue to call out lines. Normally, you're the one that calls out quotes. Yeah. There were so many lines in this movie that made me pause and write them down. So okay. I'm going to continue sure. to call them out. After this scene, we jump to Zola and the Red Skull, which we, we don't know that he's the Red Skull yet, but I'm going to keep calling him that because... Yeah, I didn't really catch his name. Schmidt. Uh, but I German is not oh, no, natural it's... on my tongue. Yeah, it's something like that. They're, they're working on harnessing the Tesseract's power. Zola has done all of the, the science... Schmidt yeah, or, or the Red Skull is just running things, and he's like, "Fuck safety! Safety is for the the weak, and uh, safety is for the guys who survived the experiments, asshole." And so he cranks it up to eleven, but it works. Yeah, well, yeah. Sometimes when you jump in there and just yank on stuff, it it works perfectly fine. Um. The Nazis, and especially Hitler, seem to have some kind of magical luck, though. Yeah. You know how many times people tried to assassinate him? Yeah. And weird shit, like, the bomb just wouldn't go off would happen. The past is obdurate. <sighs> yeah. For real. Yep. Uh, so, enter Agent Carter. Now. Oh, she is, like, the 1940s pin-up. She is lovely. Certainly. The hair, the clothes. The only thing I would say seemed off a little bit for this kind of movie in this kind of era is her attitude. Yeah. But they get away with that because she's British. Yeah. Now, Agent Carter has been transplanted a little bit for the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Sure. Agent Carter is not from the 40s in the comics. Oh, I thought she was. Agent Carter is Cap's love interest after he gets thawed out. Oh. Eh. Except 
she doesn't get called Agent Carter for a very long time. For Pete's sake. I really like what they did with her with their, uh, you know, like our era's version of how our great, our grandparents would have acted. Mm-hmm. You know that they weren't yeah. that proper and well behaved. Yeah. But it, it was a very, um, from the grandkids perspective <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> of a, a romance that they, people would have back then. So I, the- I, I like what they did with it. Yeah. I, I I think it's great, and I'm going to continue to enjoy her as we go forward. Um, in the comics, they weren't so uh, they weren't so 2000s. They were much more 1960s. She doesn't get a name for a very long time. Mm. Oh, when she does get a name, she's Agent 13. This is one of those you've pointed out to me where yeah. women were so inconsequential they didn't even get names. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's not for a very long time that Steve even knows her name. Uh, That's crazy. But she works for S.H.I.E.L.D. And she's a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent uh, that does deep cover stuff. Well, and back then, the only reason that a, a lady would have that job is because men in power don't look at women and them. think that they're dangerous. Yep. And we've been taking advantage of that for a long time. Um, but I, I definitely in, enjoy her in here. She uh, gets her own TV show, yes? Yes, she gets her own show. So it's a set spin- in the 40s? Yes. So, like, I will enjoy it? I believe so, yes. Okay. Um, so one of the, the, the dillweeds in the line starts getting shitty with her because she's a girl and she's telling him what to do. Uh, yeah, this was especially frustrating and... And she's like, step out of line. Put your foot forward. And then she just drops him. That was excellent. Yeah. And he just lays there until Tommy Lee Jones shows up and is like, hey, dumbass, get back in line. Keep your mouth shut. Yeah. I like her version of discipline, though. Yeah. I mean, I feel like for her, that was the only version of discipline that was going to work. Well, based on what my grandfather told me, which was little because he didn't like to talk about it, that would have been the behavior. Yeah. I remember my grandpa lamenting the fact that you couldn't hit a soldier anymore. (laughs) And so I just have visions of and can completely believe my grandpa full on punching a subordinate for giving him lip. Well, and especially a woman of that era that was that attractive, the only way she was going to get any respect is to... I feel like violence. Yeah. But also, can See, we just kids, sometimes violence is the answer. Sometimes is very frequently the answer. It's just not the one that you get to use. I would just like to pause for a moment of Tommy Lee Jones appreciation. Yeah. He is simultaneously not an attractive man and yet a very attractive man. Okay. It's not his face that I'm into. It's his attitude. It's his personality, his sense of authority, his his uh, knowledge of a situation. He is always playing a guy that knows exactly what he's doing and knows how to get what he wants. The confidence is just the sexiest thing in the world. Yeah. I love him. Even old as fuck. I would, st- he still goes on the list of dudes I would faint a little bit if I walked into their line of view. I, and he's perfect for this part. 
I love him in this part so much. He's absolutely like an, a, a scary authority figure. Um, he is honestly what Sergeant Nick Fury would bring to the screen. Well, I wish he was. Yeah. I wish Tommy Lee had been Nick Fury because that would have brought a whole new yeah. uh, feel to that role. I did find a movie. Speaking of uh, Samuel L. Jones and uh, Gina saying that he's not always Samuel L. Jackson. Samuel L. Jackson. Sorry. It's Tommy L. Jones. Yeah, I know. It's <laughs> it just came out. Anyway, I found a movie where he is not being Samuel L. Um, and you're gonna watch it with me. Sure. If I gotta work this hard to not hate somebody. I, yes, Do I really I, not hate them. I understand, but we did watch The Long Kiss Goodnight, uh-huh. and I swear to God, I had thought that he was a different character in that movie. Um, I didn't remember him being that, whatever it is, that essence of his personality that you don't like, the cussing or the attitude, I don't know, but he was exactly Nick Fury in that movie yeah. also, but he's not... It's a movie called uh, Cleaners, and um, and he is not that character. So we're going to watch it, and then you can tell us if you just don't like his face or if you don't like the personality. Okay. Because he's kind of like, um, he's been typecast now as that sure. same character. Getting back to Steve. Sorry, it's, it's mildly important. I know. I'm with you. Uh, we get a training montage. We hear during the training montage that they are definitely looking to make the first super soldier. Uh, but we also really know that Steve Rogers sucks at soldier. Like he sucks at soldier. Okay. He sucks at soldiering the way they want a soldier to be. No, he sucks at soldiering. All of the physical aspects of soldiering he sucks at. Well, then he should. Okay. I'm going to shut up. Until they get to a flagpole. He, they just need to find him the right MOS is all I'm saying. Yeah. Well, they get to a flagpole. And the the instructor says, if you get me that, we are at the halfway mark. You're all about to, to die. If one of you can get to the top of that flag and bring it to me, you get to ride home with Agent Carter in the truck. Nobody's done it in 14 years. And we see the soldiers trying to scramble up the flagpole, and none of them make it. And dude's like, yep, let's get to running. And Steve walks up, pulls the pin, and drops the pole. And this, again, is why he is awesome. Well, because it's an obvious answer. The dude didn't say climb the pole. He said get the flag. Yep. And But it's just obvious enough to me out of the box thinking yeah the thing is they don't want out of the box thinking with soldiers not with normal soldiers no no they no that kind of thinking is the kind of thinking that you get in in officers and and people in charge of stuff they don't want that in the grunts no because if you if you're outsmarting your boss you're not gonna listen to him or have respect for him we've seen that from personal experience and if your boss is a guy that you know damn well is dumber than you, you have a hard time doing what he says and trusting him. Yeah. And so 
Uh, Tommy Lee and uh, Tucci are arguing about whether or not uh, Rogers is the right guy to to be the first super soldier. Well, you can see Tucci's point. I can see both of their points. Yep. You do want to give that kind of power, especially if you don't know exactly how it's going to manifest. You don't want to give that kind of power to an asshole. He's already made that mistake. Yeah. You want to give that power to someone who will be able to wield it responsibly. And Tommy Lee's character does not seem to be about listening. He just wants people to do what he says. Yes. Which is a very soldiery attitude to have. Yes. Um, This is why you have the two kinds of soldier together. Yep. The two of them together make a whole person. But I get Tommy Lee's perspective because he's kind of... Yeah. Not who you would pick if you wanted a badass Arnold Schwarzenegger motherfucker to take out a whole army by himself. But Tommy Lee says that that Steve is too nice and you don't win wars with nice. You win wars with guts. Do you win war with guts or do you just win war with with a few more soldiers from the other side? So he pulls the pin on on a grenade and tosses it into the crowd of soldiers? He didn't yell make a hole. And he hollers grenade. And every single one of them scatter, except for tiny little Steve Rogers. Whose body would not have stopped that grenade from killing people. No, but he jumps on it and curls into it and screams, run, run, run. Yeah. He even looks up and looks around and tells people who aren't running, fucking run. run. Yes. I have to tell you. I would have been the first one to run. Someone yells grenade or duck. I'm doing the thing. Gone. Out. I am not a hero. Fuck that. This kid is a moron. He's going to go to war and die. Like the day he gets there. Yeah. Sure. Maybe he'll save a couple few dudes. But nobody will ever know his name. He won't have done any good at all. Like, the only good he will have done is whatever those soldiers go on to do later. Yeah. uh... But he is exactly what both of these men want in a soldier. Except for the physicality, which, why they're testing them for physicality makes no sense. They're going to make them super soldiers. Well, because, Jay, the same reason that they have basic training. You have to, you have to do the basic training to erase their brains and their... You have to scrub their personalities and give them new ones. Yeah, but we're not training them. We're testing them. Well, but they are training them. Uh, They're they're simultaneously training them and watching them and testing them. You you do, because you do want to get the right guy. You want to get a guy who follows orders and does what he's told without thinking about it. Uh, You want a guy who's not going to turn evil. You want a guy that knows what he's doing? It makes sense to me. You can't just start pumping up everybody with serum because the serum's going to make them stronger because strength is not the only thing you need in a soldier. Well, and later when Steve asks why he was picked, the doc basically tells him that he explains that he, he tested this on the Red Skull. It wasn't ready. But what he learned is that a weak man knows the value of strength. A strong man takes strength for granted, but a weak man knows the value of strength. I have a little bit of an issue with that. I like it. Except I've seen weak men get power. 
and I've seen the power go to their heads and turn them into dickweeds. Sure. I, it's, it's not just their perspective, it's their thought process. Yeah, so a little bit of funny where Tucci is going to share a drink with Steve and then just drinks it all himself. Well, yeah, because he has a procedure tomorrow. Yeah. You can't have liquids, let alone alcohol, but liquids, you know. (laughs) Um, We cut back to the Red Skull. Uh, They've figured out where Tucci is, and they've ordered him to be assassinated. We do get a a touching moment between Carter and, and Rogers. Must not have been that touching. I didn't write it down. In the in the car on the way there, mm-hmm. um, they have a they have a moment where they they get to know each other a little bit. I absolutely was not looking for romance between the two of them in this movie. Oh, I didn't know that there was one in the comics, so I was not watching for sexual tension at all. Oh, that's sad for you. Well, I mean, because he's in my mind, Captain America is a goody two shoes. Um, and he's not sexual. Yeah. Well, because goody two shoes are not attractive. Cut to a decade later, uh, where She Hulk is discussing whether or not Rogers ever got laid. Well, yeah, because it seems like he yeah. didn't. I love this journey for you. <laughs> well, I mean... <laughs> I can't believe you just said that. I'm going to stab you in your glute. <laughs> we get an antique store with secret codes and, and phrases and secret rooms. And this <laughs> is just so shield. It's also so lots of other things. Um, and people might be surprised because um, there's an antique store that's called an antique store because everybody thinks that nobody bought old stuff. Right. However. Back in the 1800s is when antiques started being traded. Oh. Uh, Antique stores didn't start happening until later, but rich people started using antiques as a symbol of their money and specialness because they could point to this thing they use every day and say, that belonged to the French King Louis, blah, 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 from the 16th century or I know I'm not getting those numbers right. Don't come at me. But um, so antiques started being um, a status symbol. So the antique store is not anachronistic here. And I'm loving it for a completely different reason. I know S.H.I.E.L.D. hasn't started yet in in the timeline of the Marvel Universe. They're calling her agent. So I don't know. Is she MI6? Yeah, she's MI6. Um. S.H.I.E.L.D. hasn't started yet, but there are so many parallels to what S.H.I.E.L.D. is going to be. Yeah. I, well, and but it's like... Um... S.H.I.E.L.D.'s secret entrance in the comic books, when, when they do their own comics, is a barber shop. And, like, oh, they pull, like... A, pull a lever and the chair goes yes, down. Yes, yes. Um, I have seen that before. Uh, obviously, it wasn't a Marvel movie, but as soon as you said that, I've just had a vision of the the chair going down. But so much cooler than a, a couple of barbers keeping that. Well, I mean, you sit in the barber chair and the whole chair takes you down to the... But so much cooler than that is an old lady with a fucking Tommy gun in an antique store. Oh, you mean me? Yes! <laughs> so totally. 
That is exactly who I would be if given the opportunity. <laughs> I've been told that I have grandma energy, but um, the person that said that doesn't know my entire personality, I don't think. It's more like murderous grandma energy. Yeah. I would absolutely carry around a Tommy gun if I could find one. Think about it. Who was the who was the mobster grandma? Which one? The one that like she was part of the gang, but she was Mom a grandma. Barker? There we go. That's what grandma energy you have. <laughs> That's uh, clearly you don't know all that the whole story. <laughs> they weren't they weren't mobby. They were there was a like a serial killer situation. I stand by it. <laughs> now is the part of the podcast where I have to uh, give a legal notice. I am not actually an international spy or serial killer. Which she cannot say with a straight face. I really can't. <laughs> 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 that's how you know i'm not really a spy wink wink <laughs> <laughs> so howard stark is part of the science team that makes captain america this is important to know for later it is yep um or for earlier when we see well it, yeah it's just it's a it it it's puts a part this of the movie world. into that world yep. for me without me knowing all of the nerdy crap behind it I'm seeing it for the first time and going, oh, this movie is part of that other universe. Yeah. So first the serum and then the Vita rays. Vita rays. Vita rays. That is so 1940s. It's actually 1960s. They didn't explain how Captain America got to be Captain America in the 40s, I don't think. But. He was just Captain America. But. But we were in the 40s. When did it? Well, I'm talking about the comics. These, this is this is out of the comics. Okay, fine. But in the movie, we're in the 40s. Yes. Don't confuse me like that. That's. I'm sorry. Not cool. We are talking about the movie. The movies is the 40s, and Vita Rays sounds like the Some, 40s. Something they would have named in the 40s. It sounds suspiciously like the the serum. That Lucille Ball was doing an advertisement for. Vita Vita Vitamin. Vita Mita Vegemin. Yes. Do not try to say that while you are drunk. It is impossible. <laughs> try and say it sober. Um, Vita Mita Vegemin. This is obviously a very painful process. Captain America's screen or, or Steve is screaming inside of the iron capsule they put him in. <clears throat> Yeah, with the window so that all the rays can escape and, like, poison everybody. Yeah. Um, He's screaming and yelling, and Tucci's going to... Vita rays. I'm sorry. That's just funny as fuck. Like, it's going to make him big and strong because it's vitamin rays. Yes, and it's putting vitality into him. Oi. Tucci's going to turn it off because he's screaming. And he's like, no, don't stop. Somehow Steve can see him through the window and all that bright light. Yeah. But he's like, no, don't stop. I can take it. I mean, you have to give the guy a little bit of credit for that one. Yeah. He's screaming at the top of his lungs in pain. Yeah. And says, I can do this all day. I can do this all day, bitches. I don't think Steve Rogers would ever say that word. No, he wouldn't. Because he's a good boy. He's a good boy. I'm not. 
No, me neither. <laughs> um, because when the machine opens up, abs. And uh, strangely, his pants still fit. Yeah. They've they've shrunk a little. It looks like they're they're high waters now, but the waist is exactly the same. I call bullshit. Well, what you don't realize is they also they hadn't invented spandex yet. No, 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 no. But the pants also got bombarded with vita rays. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. And you know how I know that's not the answer? Because they became high waters. He grew like a foot. And his waist is not the same. Why? Why couldn't they just... I mean, maybe that's too sexy for a 1940s guy. To have him in his tidy whities To have him... Well, he could have been in boxers or... Yeah. But, like, they could have just had his... Uh, he could have been in a hospital gown. Well, that's what you would have been in. Why yeah. they take his fucking shirt off? Because he even got a little embarrassed when Tucci told him to take off his tie and his jacket in front of all these people. Well, I that's that's kind of a you thing too. You would never just take your shirt off in front of people. No, it's not polite. Well, you are probably the only guy that thinks that. So they're all super happy and. Yay, we did it. Happy, happy, joy, joy. Uh, meanwhile, one of the people in the gallery watching has set off a bomb as a distraction. Uh, when they showed his face, he was he was making a face. And I thought for half a second that they had CGI'd um, Hugh Jackman Oh, for a second. He looked like Wolverine for just a split a second. But then when I realized that's not who it was, I thought, he looks so familiar. That's because my dumbass was uh, lusting after him in The Lord of the Rings because that's Thorin. So apparently I just like very short guys um, wearing armor. But the bomb is just a distraction. Was Cause it? Because it, it, it looked, was, it it was, was very it, balmy to me. It was just a distraction. It didn't actually kill anybody. He shoots Tucci. On the way out of the store, he kills Ma Stacy. Rude. Same. Um, but Cap, Cap chases him down. Um, we get a, a quick scene where we see Agent Carter's a hell of a shot. She puts a bullet in that driver from like two, three hundred yards away with a damn. Yeah, uh, that's a shot that even Agent Booth couldn't make. Uh, cause he tried it once, so. Carter's better than Booth. What can I tell you? Well, I mean, that wouldn't surprise me any. Um, but um, but we also get a little a moment where uh, Steve has all this new strength and he doesn't know what to do with. Yes, again, comedy early in the MCU, and I can't keep I can't keep bringing this up enough because the dude bros who are losing their shit over this phase of the MCU can go fuck themselves yeah because steve is not used to his raw strength that he has now and he can't even make turns he's he's slipping into damn glass windows and apologizing profusely yeah and this is physical comedy yeah but it, but it doesn't come off he i think here's the difference it doesn't come off as stupid funny it's it's realistic. It's a thing that would really happen if all of a sudden you were like 16 times stronger than normal. 
Yeah. Um, and it's, I mean, it's a little bit funny, but it's not like, ha ha, look what he did. Uh, as opposed to I, what specifically were people mad about? I think it mad about the, the jokiness and the, I don't know. But the Spider-Man kind of irreverent joking. Yeah. I mean, but that's the kind of, that that's the character from the comic book, though. Yeah. I whatever i I just i think these are guys that aren't paying that much attention they just have a picture in their heads of how it is yeah well and they yes and when a dude is being irreverent and making smashing shit doing Mm -hmm. physical comedy that's funny when a chick is being irreverent and smashing shit and doing physical comedy she's trying too hard to be funny yeah. Well, the one the one thing that um, the one thing that a couple of guys were arguing with me about in one of the Marvel groups I joined because of this podcast and then unjoined because of the men in it um, was uh, the part in She-Hulk where um, she's trying to drive off in his Jeep uh-huh. and he can't stop the Jeep. And they were all upset because, of course, he can stop the Jeep. He's Hulk. So somehow him being around a woman has lowered his testosterone levels. And I'm like, clearly you don't own a car that you love. Because if my kid was trying to drive off in my Jeep and I could tear my Jeep to shreds to stop her, I fucking wouldn't because that's my Jeep. Yeah. It, they're, they're just picking apart anything that they can because she's a girl. Yeah, I and fuck them. They're wrong and they're stupid, and it's literally not for them. And they're not listening to this podcast anyway because we've already we've already told them to go uh, um, fornicate with themselves. Yeah. Uh, so Steve chases this car down. There's a cool scene where he like picks up at the the car door and uses it as a shield, and it's it's got a star on it, and it was yeah, it was clever, and. Unlike modern vehicles, that car door probably would stop bullets. Yeah. But don't um, try that with a modern door. You will die. Unless it's full of... Uh... Oh, they don't make um, phone books anymore, do they? No. <laughs> um, the, the bad guy, the, the Hydra agent, the Hydra assassin, snatches up a kid and is using him as a, as a hostage tosses him in the water and steve has a, has to think about it for a moment but the kid's like don't worry about me i can swim that was adorable <laughs> uh so steve catches up to the the hydra dude and he just snaps a cyanide pill before any real information can get got yeah well that happened very subtly i mean i heard it crack he yeah he but how many John. how many people know what that is I mean, not everybody's, like, super into... Tommy Lee calls it out later. Oh, does he? Yeah. Well, I don't I don't think I caught that. Um, so a bunch of... We, we go back over to, to Europe, and a bunch of Nazis are really unhappy with the Red Skull. It's because it's Hitler doesn't like red. Uh, they are... They're talking, like, uh, these Nazis... Are explaining to the Red Skull that he has pushed himself too far, 
and the Fuhrer no longer has faith in him. Yeah, ironically, the one thing that actually is magical. <laughs> yeah. And then they see the experiments that have been going on, and they, they start asking questions. And uh, Dude's been busy. He's been busy. Uh, and there's another line that I really I liked enough to, to quote. The Red Skull tells them that great power has always baffled primitive men. That's a little bit different than uh, Uncle Ben's quote. Yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then he disintegrates them. Because Hydra doesn't need Hitler anymore. Okay, but this is the classic death ray invention. Yes. Like every, you know what? I've never actually seen a legitimate death ray movie. But you've seen it spoofed in like everything. Especially like Pink Panther kind of movies where this comical bad guy is going to Blow up the whole world unless you give him one billion dollars. Uh, so I've seen it spoofed like a bunch, but not for real. Hail Hydra. But it's it kind of hits on those, you know, futuristic sci-fi movies. It's adorable. Hail Hydra. <laughs> I don't know why you keep saying that. So the SSR, the group that Tommy Lee Jones is in charge of. The SSR? The SSR. Yes. Is that what they were saying? <laughs> yes. They are taking the fight to Hydra. They're gonna they're gonna take him down. Sure they are. But Steve Rogers is being sent to Alamogardio. Alamogardio? Yes. That is the weapons test facility where General Thunderbolt Ross will eventually be the commander. Is that where um, the Hulk happens? Yes. Hey, look, I remembered a thing. You remembered a thing. <laughs> Not the name of it, but. Um, but Steve doesn't end up going there anyway because a senator gets involved. Uh, yeah, they're good for that. And the senator uh, has a better plan for Captain America. And then this right here is the next reason why I have no respect for this character and have always dismissed him as a valid hero because he spends a lot of time just being a, a propaganda tool selling war bonds yeah. and enlistment and, and re- recruiting well he's not like specifically recruiting but it's kind of a side effect of his war bond bs yeah he's he's like a a walking breathing uncle sam gross yeah and he starts out being horrible at it and ends up, like, really getting into it. You know, it's any wonder. I mean, people really just don't expect a lot from dudes, do they? Like, historically, you guys have just been expected to be dumb. A bunch of half-naked chicks swinging their legs around yeah. inspires you to join the army to go kill people in another country. Like, that's all it takes? And being shamed into thinking that you're not a real man if you don't go get shot at? Can we can we not pull this curtain back too far? Well, I mean, it's... Okay. Sure. Uh, this is what I'm here for, though. <laughs> I'm here to call out the bullshit. But Steve, like, he starts really getting into it. Like, he's oh. getting to punch Hitler on stage. Yeah, and... but also he got promoted. Yeah, he's a captain now. 
uh, not that they told us what his rank was before, because he didn't go through like actual training. So in the six one six flashbacks, mm-hmm. where we Steve Rogers is remembering his time in the war, mm-hmm. he went undercover as a sergeant. That's not very so undercover. Pe- the the people didn't know he was Captain America. Sergeant America, what are you doing? No, no, no. he was he was Sergeant Rogers. Yeah, no, I understood. I was making a joke. Okay, fair. Uh, and so his unit wouldn't know, you know he was. Like, if he was he was Captain America, now he's Sergeant America, so he must have done something to get demoted. His unit wouldn't know he was Captain America. They would have Sergeant Rogers on the roll, and he would do regular army stuff until he got coded messages, and then he would put on the Captain America uniform, oh, and Private Barnes, like that. Private Barnes would throw on his uniform. It wasn't Private Barnes in this movie. No, it wasn't Private Barnes in this movie. Private Barnes, who was also in the unit with him would throw on his uniform and then they would go do the special mission and then they would come back to their unit and he would get in trouble sometimes for like leaving without oh, uh, that's, authorization. That's very mash. Yeah. I like it. Oh, it's, it's pretty cool. I don't, why did they ruin stuff? It's not ruined. They just told it a little bit differently. Yeah, but I would have really enjoyed that whole thing. That would have been so cool. It, they didn't have time to tell that story. That, that story unfolds. Over the course of decades are you, of are, But, okay, you're telling me they couldn't have added another half an hour to that movie? Like, pe- guys totally wouldn't have watched it. <laughs> um, I feel like my dad would have been all over these movies. Well, and I'm not usually into a war movie, but this one, this one's pretty good. It wasn't really a war movie. Fair enough. That's probably why I liked it. Yeah. Um, so, Captain America's whirlwind tour of selling bonds has somehow brought him on the USO tour to the soldiers in Europe. Sure. Oh, but uh, don't forget, his his nickname is the Star-Spangled Man with a Plan, <laughs> which is just embarrassing. Uh, it's so emasculating. It really is. Um, Usually they have, like, hot chicks doing that. You know what I mean? Yeah. He coincidentally bumps into to Peggy Carter uh, who explains to him that Bucky's unit is has been captured and or killed. Oh, Peggy. Because that's Agent Carter's first yes. name. Her first name is not Agent. <laughs> so, Steve Carter... Er... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Steve Rogers wants to go save Bucky. Um, yeah, because... But Tommy Lee says no, because Steve isn't made for fighting. He's a chorus girl. So funny and so accurate to how he would actually be treated. Those soldiers. Okay. I, this is one of my favorite scenes. I've got a few in this movie, which bodes well for my review of the movie. Because this is absolutely. How soldiers in the field would treat some random dude who's just there to hype them up. Yeah, who's become the face of the fights. Yeah, even though he's not fighting. Even though he's not fighting. Yeah. yeah. So um, when when I know, I mean, I know how soldiers treat other soldiers without combat patches, especially in the height of the war. 
Yeah. Yeah, well, absolutely. Yeah, because fuck you. Yeah. Like, you who've never been to war is not going to tell me who has been multiple times anything. Yeah, I've seen that myself. Yeah. But, I mean, I, I get it, but it's kind of not really how it's supposed to work. But Peggy's got better plans. Um, Agent Carter steals him a helmet from one of the chorus girls with an A on it. Uh, and gets Howard Stark to fly him into uh, combat. And again, we get, we just deeply get an understanding of who Captain America is, who Steve Rogers is as a person, because they start taking flak, anti-aircraft fire. So Steve is like, listen, I'm jumping out of this plane, even though we're not nearly there. And y'all are turning around because you're not getting shot down for me. Yeah. Like he's just he's taking all of the danger onto himself. Did you did you notice before all the heroics, uh, Daddy Stark is all, uh, hey, Agent Carter, let me take you out for lunch or whatever. Yeah. And there's that whole misunderstanding of what fondue is. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, uh, Steve is jealous because he yeah. assumes sense. Because Daddy Stark says it was such familiarity. Yeah. Um, that's the level of inappropriateness that he he asked the question. Steve assumes that they've fondued each other before. Fondue each other before? No, I said what I said. I like fondue better. Yeah, but fondue is actually the word. Quit changing my jokes, dude. <laughs> that's so toxic masculinity. Uh, but. Agent Carter tries to give him an order and he's like, no, I give the orders here. I'm the captain. <laughs> yeah, real cute. So said by a guy that knows he's not in charge. <laughs> um, I uh, I wanted to point out also that uh, during the whole movie, Agent Carter is wearing um, Hitler hates it red lipstick. Okay. Back in the day, red lipstick became very popular because it became known somehow i'm sure it was one of the many things he listed in one of his speeches he hates red lipstick on women oh. so in america i don't know about everywhere else but in america women started wearing red lipstick as kind of a fuck you to hitler because you know people who don't have a lot of power they they get their licks in where they can sure and i i enjoyed that it's a great shade of red on top of being a big fuck you that's all okay so the Red Skull is using POWs as slave labor to do the work of making weaponry out of the power that they're stealing from the Tesseract. Which, that seems like a dumb idea to me. If I'm a POW and they're making me work in a factory, I'm going to sabotage everything I can get my hands on. I mean, that's why you have the your people watching them work. Yeah, but you can sabotage shit under somebody's nose. Mm, you can try. This is this is another Indiana Jones esque scene though, when Rogers breaks into the factory. Yes, but before he breaks in, we get another another call out. Well, not I mean not even a call out. Dum Dum becomes a. We see Dum Dum, Dugan. First of all, I don't know who that is. Second of all, that is a terrible. It's name. It's a horrible name. Dum Dum Dugan, the guy in the bowler hat. Yeah. Is a thing. That is not general issue, though, that hat. No. <laughs> Why is he allowed to wear it? He is one of the Howling Commandos. Another comic book history lesson. Okay. Because this these movies are made 
what, 40 years after the comics that they're based on? More than that. 70 years. Okay. So because these movies are made so much later than the comics they're based on, it doesn't make sense for Nick Fury to have been in World War II. Yeah. Right? So that all of the stuff that would have been Nick Fury in World War II, they put Steve Rogers in that place. Nick Fury is actually the one that had the Howling Commandos. Before he's Colonel Nick Fury and he's in charge of S.H.I.E.L.D., they do a series of history of history war books where they have Sergeant Nick Fury and his Howling Commandos doing really cool shit. Dum Dum Dugan is one of those people that was with Nick Fury all the way through. Um, and they do some, I mean, they do war comics. They're, they're fighting Nazis and being badasses. He's one of the guys that ends up being part of S.H.I.E.L.D. when Fury's a colonel. Uh, he's important. So him being in here and, and being part of the team that Rogers takes with him is important. Okay. Um, and it's it's really cool. And we'll we'll see more of him throughout the MCU also. Um, it's one of those things that calls out how much time has changed since the comics were written. Why? I mean, well, be I mean, just the just the evolution of when these comics were first written the war was only a couple decades ago and now looking back at world war ii like that was almost a century ago at this point well okay but when those comics were written they started being written before the war before we got involved well the the golden age yes but i'm talking about the silver age when the 616 the Captain America that lives to this day in the comics. Oh, you mean the the revamp then? Yeah. Okay, I didn't understand that. That's what you meant. But yeah, so these these comics were written guy by guys who lived through World War II. Yeah. These movies were not made by people who lived through World Obviously. War II. Obviously. Um, and it's a big difference. It's a it's a big difference for the setting, uh, and it's a big difference in the understanding of what happened. I think it's important. I mean, this would have been a much more, regardless, it still would have been a a lighthearted movie. They wouldn't have ever made this realistic. Yeah. Um, You definitely can't have um, Saving Private Ryan feels with Captain America running around. Yeah, that's fair. It it, It would be absolutely farcical if they had Saving Private Ryan going on. And in the background, you've got the Tutti Frutti uh, um, USO tour going on. That's fair. It, it's just it's it's just a different movie. It, it's a too much of a contrast of of the reality and the ridiculous. Uh, but so yeah, Steve Indiana Jones invades the compound, <laughs> um, decking Nazis left and right. Well, Hydra agents at this point. At this yeah. point, we've stepped away from fighting Nazis and we're fighting Hydra. Where is he? be nazis and hydra at the same time i mean you know yeah. they would almost have to be nazis when steve gets the soldiers and starts uh freeing the prisoners they're like are you sure you know what you're doing and oh my god he says of course i know what i'm doing i've knocked out adolf hitler at least 200 times um yeah <laughs> um it, but the the 
the POWs look at each other like, what? What? Yeah. And I mean, he has to know that he's like, this is false bravado. He has to know that. Okay. But I, I, I'm hoping that the intention there was that he's making a joke at his own expense, at his own expense. Um, and he's, he's not like, it's not an appropriate time to, um, to laugh, but it's always an appropriate time to make a sarcastic joke. Yeah. Regardless of whether anyone's going to laugh. And soldiers are all about gallows humor. Gallows humor. Yeah. For real. Um, but it was, but it would have been a, it's, it's just a joke for himself. Yeah. Um, the Red Skull knows things aren't going his way. He starts flipping some self-destruct switches. Um, Strange self-destruct switches because like 10 bombs go off, but the factory is still solidly yeah. standing. Um, I don't understand what that really was. Steve finds Bucky. Um, the prisoners are getting out. Uh, the Red Skull and and Zemo are getting out. Okay, but they're escaping in like what looks like a 1940s vision of what today's helicopter would look like. Yeah, like a like what do they call it? It's like futuristic, but it's like antique futuristic. Yeah. Futuristic. That is always really cool to me. Yeah, I love that aesthetic. Retro futurism. Yeah, I love that aesthetic. Um and again, it's kind of like one of those black and white uh sci-fi movies. It looks like a really fat missile with like a propeller, but it makes this funny little sound. It's there's like this whole thing going on. Uh, you know, I could have spent like another five minutes watching that thing fly around. Yeah. We get a we get a quick shot of uh, Captain America and Red Skull facing off for the first time uh, as they get separated. The Red Skull finally takes off his his face mask. His well, his he, person mask. He does because dude hit him so hard it knocked it off kilter. Uh, uh, did you see his eye when he when Steve hit him? All of a sudden, his eye was all like the skin at the bottom was drooping, and you could see red. Yeah. And I didn't know, I did not know that that red face was under there. Oh, good. How'd, how'd the reveal do for you? It was Ewey. Good. It was like that scene in V where they take off their human faces and their fucking lizards underneath there. <laughs> so the red skull has I, never made sense in the comics. Like, I thought they, I thought he ripped his skin off though. It yeah. was all gross. It, this is never, this guy, this character has never made sense to me in the comics. I'm, I'm reading through the 60s comics. And those, but those sciency, not sciency uh, serums always do weird shit and make you turn yeah. weird colors. He's a carryover from the golden age. Here, okay, here's, here's, maybe this will help you. You know what colloidal silver is? Uh huh. There's a guy who drank, he, he, he believed the advertisements in the back of a magazine some hippie health magazine. They said colloidal silver will solve all of these health problems. Um, so he drank like 15 milliliters a day for a long time, but your body doesn't actually know how to filter out silver. So it just stays in your cells. So he turned blue. So there's actually a man 
well, he's dead now, but there was actually a man walking around the planet who was blue, like blue, like my coffee cup right here. Okay. So it, that thing, uh, the, the science fictiony serum thing, turning someone a color, I could make sense of. Anyway, this, this serum is made of a completely new man-made compound and your body doesn't know how to filter it. Sure. I don't know why, like, we didn't really see the rest of his body, so his whole body could be red for all we know. It's not. Okay, fine. But. No, okay. all, what I was saying is, while this character has never really made much sense to me in the comics, mm-hmm. it's it's just a an art of the grotesque. Sure. This, this skull was done better than most of the strange imagery that we've seen throughout the mcu this is done better than johnny blaze and fantastic four uh in uh <laughs> what did you just say well okay johnny blaze in ghost rider yeah but uh johnny storm in the fantastic four also oh i uh, but i like how they did uh johnny blaze i this felt well organic yes, as opposed to cgi because it is practical yeah effects it's makeup and probably uh prosthetics yeah so after that uh the skull gets away zemo gets away um steve and bucky seem like maybe they're separated maybe they die in an explosion it's a mini cliffhanger it doesn't look like a cliffhanger. I mean, I know that he's coming back. Of course he's coming back. But but we actually see him get consumed by a ball of fire. Yeah. But of course he's coming back because we're like halfway through the movie and it's called Captain America the oh, First Avenger. And also, at the beginning of the fucking movie, they showed us the end of the fucking movie, yeah. which is my least favorite thing. So we jump to Tommy Lee Jones. Who says that Steve is missing? So he's no, forced, he no, no. He says Steve is missing, so I'm forced to declare him killed in action. That is not how that works. No, they actually have a phrase called "missing in action," which he would have declared him. Yeah, because you don't, you don't say, "Oh yeah, he's totally dead," unless you have a body. Yeah, there are guys still from previous wars who are absolutely still categorized MIA. Yeah. They don't, it doesn't change until they bring that. There's a guy uh, this week that got brought home like 80 years later who is now KIA. It's extraordinarily important to the people back home. Yeah. I, that, that little scene pissed me off actually. Yeah. Because it was so, I mean, he seemed sad about it, but also nonchalant. Like it wasn't that big of a deal that he said the wrong one. Yeah. And then he starts giving Carter shit. Oh, yeah. Like it was her fucking fault. Well, I mean, she did like. He was all like five minutes before that. He was all listen here, cupcake girl, ineffectual. You don't have any power here. Nobody listens to you. Yeah. And then when it's convenient, he turns around and says, bitch, this is all your fault. You made those men do that thing. Yeah. No. Bull fucking shit. Pick one. But. And. It's not like Steve would have fucking listened to her anyway, because here's how I know. When uh, Tommy Lee Jones said, don't do that thing, you have a a tea party to go to or whatever it was he said. Steve said, I sure do have a place to go. Yeah. 
And then he was going to, like, walk there. Yeah. And it, she just facilitated him getting there safer. But Tommy Lee's got to eat his own words when Steve shows up with the hundreds of men. He's 400 said. men. Yeah. And they, like, hip, hip, hooray him. Oh, but you can't say hip, hip, hooray. <laughs> uh, Especially here at this time. Yeah. We jump to a ceremony where they're going to give Steve an award for doing these great things. But Steve's not going to be coming out anytime soon. He's off doing actual work. There is somebody important waiting for him in the crowd. It's General Lee. General Lee. I mean, Stan hey, Lee. The man. <laughs> he said, he said, the guy came out to tell a dude that he wasn't going to show. And Stan Lee says, oh, I thought he'd be taller, which is <laughs> hilarious considering. Yeah, because what Rogers is actually doing is assembling the Howling Commandos. Yeah. It's sad and, they took away took that away from uh Nick Fury though. Yeah. What? I mean it makes sense because Nick Fury can the, the Nick Fury that we have in yeah. two thousand and ten cannot have been a sergeant in World War II. No, I get it. I would just like all these movies better if they were in the past. Sure. But the kids wouldn't. Fuck the kids. Who cares what the kids want? The Goddamn millennials. <laughs> but we get like a record scratch moment when Carter walks in, in her red dress. Speaking of pinup girl, like this is the one time that I will believe that every person in the room shuts up and turns around. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And I got a little bit gay just then. <laughs> I mean, she's smoking. She is a smoke show. Then her and Steve have a moment where they talk about dancing and fondue. Yeah. Because fondue doesn't mean what you think it means. <laughs> uh, so the next morning, Steve is uh, coming in to get suited up. And random blonde chick starts hitting on him. This is Natalie Dormer from Hunger Games and Game of Thrones. Uh, um, go ahead. No, I was just going to say... Um, I didn't recognize her when I was going through the IMDb. So when she popped up, I was kind of surprised. Perfectly fine actress. Support her continued existence. Skank! <laughs> Rude, Jeremiah. <laughs> Listen, you got to shoot your shot. You got to shoot your shot. Uh, right? It's not her fault that Steve Rogers doesn't know how to say thank, no, thank you. Um, uh, because I absolutely would have taken a shot at... Well, maybe no. I would have taken a shot at Tommy Lee Jones. Uh, <laughs> you know, he gets paid better anyway. Peggy Carter gets jealous. No, that's you're not going to giggle at my nope. Dependa joke. Nope. Fine. Uh, Peggy Carter gets jealous. Uh, well, okay. She doesn't get jealous. She gets mad. There's a big difference. She gets mad jealous. No. No, it's not really jealousy so much as um, we were doing a thing, asshole. And now we're not. You know what I mean? Fair enough. It's not jealousy. It's a little bit of a betrayal. So Howard Stark tries to find the right accessories for Captain America. Uh, but So that he can actually be useful. But the, the one that he wants is just a, a plain silver looking disc. Well, yeah, because that's what heroes would carry. He, it, it's a Roman shield. It's a shield. And that shield is made out of 
Vibranium? And why is vibranium important? Well, that's debatable. <laughs> vibranium is from... Isn't that what um, Iron Man's suit is made out of? Nope. No? Well, no. it should be. Oh, wait. Is that that the the thing that they stole from that African guy's desk? Or is that adamantium? No, that was adamantium. Shit. Vibranium. I, oh, well, then I don't remember. I mean, I know. I've heard of vibranium before. It's a dumb name. It's a dumb concept. I don't remember its origin. Vibranium is from Wakanda. Okay. Now, yeah. So vibranium, while adamantium is the most indestructible metal, vibranium is also light. Yeah, vibranium is vibranium is similar to adamantium in that it's very indestructible, but whereas vibranium doesn't get broken, or whereas adamantium can't be broken, vibranium absorbs the impact and then reflects that energy yeah except the way they manifest that is stupid it's, as fuck yeah it it's difficult to visually the, okay. explain here's the deal no i've got it i've got a visual explanation they have treated the shield like it is the magic carpet in aladdin it is a magic carpet um it it doesn't move on its own, but it sure does seem to think. Yeah. Um, because it's, it floats in the air while Captain America or whoever it is that's using it is doing like sixteen other things, and then flies right back into his hand. Oh god, I can't even begin to tell you how annoying that shield has always been. That shield is strong enough that I'm not sure Wolverine's claws could cut it. Well, except for the fact that I've literally seen that shield in Smithereens. That's why when you see that shield broken, it's such a BFD. Oh, well, I guess you shouldn't have forced me to watch those movies without knowing what was going on. Because it that shield can be broken. So it, to me, being introduced to it for the second time, it, I already know it's bullcrap. Well, now that now that we're filling your head with these... No, I still won't care. Uh, well, I'll remind you. To care? I'll remind you to why it's a BFD. I'll, yes, you'll remind me to be in awe. Because every woman loves to be reminded that they're supposed to be in awe of the thing that a man is showing them. Um, and when Steve asks uh, Agent Carter what she thinks of the shield, she shoots it. <laughs> that is my next favorite scene of this whole movie which is horribly reckless because while the bullets just drop to the floor uh in this scene yeah ricochet is a bitch ricochet is what would have actually happened yeah but it's vibranium so it's magic yeah uh so then we jump to a hydra hunting montage and steve is leading the commandos to just decimating base after base of Hydra. Um, yeah, so the Red Skull's pissed that, that Steve and his crew are, are taking out base after base after base. So this Hydra hunting montage culminates in the commandos uh, getting ready to zip line onto a bullet train because they're going to catch Zola. 
Yep. A little anachronistic. Oh, but Jay, uh, technology in this universe is different. That's what I mean. And apparently, so are physics. Wind, you know, all that. That's what I got to keep telling myself. They they have a decent fight on this train. Um, I thought that this uh, Hydra agent with the two energy cannons mm-hmm. was like a named guy. He reminds me a little bit of Crossbones, but he's not Crossbones because it's a whole different thing. Well, he can't be anybody important because as soon as you said, I think that's such and such a person, he gets shot in a friggin' head and dies. Well, that's later. <laughs> we see him again later. I know, but like, yeah. he's, he can't be anybody. This fight does cost us a key character. Um, well, I mean... During the fight, Bucky gets hit. He tries to pick up Cap's shield for a minute. It doesn't work. Uh, he gets blown off the side of the train. Steve tries to save him and can't, and he falls to his apparent death. And we'll never see Bucky Barnes ever again. Why do I feel like that's a lie? Because I know I've heard that name. Yep, Bucky's dead. Or did he land in a little pond at the bottom of that ravine and freeze, and then he's going to be reanimated later? How how can you reanimate somebody later when they died? I laugh in Supernatural. (laughs) Uh, But they do end up capturing uh, Zola. Uh, They try to interrogate him. He's not giving them much information. But Tommy Lee Jones, this is where he calls out the cyanide. He's like, hey, listen, all the other Hydra agents we captured, uh, they bite that fake tooth, kill themselves with cyanide. So uh, what's going on with you, buddy? He's a coward. And then he tells Zola that he sent a coded message uh, saying that Zola was cooperating. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it's okay because they haven't broken that encryption, have they? (laughs) This this scene is where one of the few quotes I gave a crap about um, happens. The uh, the sanity of the plan has no consequence. Yeah. Which um, feels very accurate for Hydra and Hitler. <laughs> it doesn't make any difference because he knows he's going to win. So why would he care whether or not the plan is crazy? Well, that's one way to interpret it, I guess. And that's, yeah. And Zola starts spilling the beans. Hydra's target is everywhere. He's going to own the planet. Or kill it. Whatever. We get a scene where Agent Carter finds Roger trying to get drunk and he can't um, because his metabolism is four times the speed of a normal human. And so his body just burns off the alcohol. Which is bullshit, because that just means he has to drink four times as fast as his buddy. Yeah. Also, like, he would have to drink four times as much water and eat four times as much food and breathe four times as much oxygen. Yep. He'd be breathing like I do on the top of uh, Mount Rainier. Yeah. Um, so, no. Uh, but No, she... well, it's funny, because um, this just came up in... Um, she-Hulk. 
where he's like, oh, he, 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 one of the cool things about us is now uh, you can't get drunk. Yeah. And then when she unhulks, she is drunk. It's the dumbest shit ever. That's such a dude thing. Hey, look, you can drink as much beer as you want and not get drunk. Well, I guess there's no point in drinking. Well, that's what I thought, but sure. And this is where Carter tells Steve to allow the barns the dignity of choice. Um, so the last Hydra base that they need to destroy is underneath the Alps. And they're trying to figure out how to get in there. And Steve decides he's just going to go ring the doorbell. And so he gets on like the most weaponized motorcycle in the history of the world. Yeah. Uh, and just does a, a, a full frontal assault. He kills a lot of Hydra on the way. Uh, we get the Indiana Jones scene where he like pulls the pin on one of their grenades and drives past them. And then their bikes blow up. Yeah, I've seen this. Um, Several times, actually. He eventually makes it in and gets captured. And uh, the skull is beating him up a little bit. And we get another, I can do this all day. But this is this is apparently the plan all along. Because then the howlers come in. The Howling Commandos. Um, yeah, so they're all running around getting vaporized. Yeah. These guys. So now we this looks straight out of the um, Tom Cruise War of the Worlds movie. Okay. You yeah. know where the aliens are like poofing people and they dust out? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think a disintegration ray is a cleaner mm-hmm. weapon for like getting things through PG because you don't have like dead bodies and blood everywhere. You just, people disappear. Yeah. And it's it's very retro. It's kind of less violent. It, it fits the 1940s retro feel too. I mean, it does. It's just, it feels a a little derivative Yeah, because it's been done. I did appreciate that agent Carter was with the ground troops that were charging the base. Yeah, I mean, she seems like a front of the line kind of girl. So the Red Skull plans to escape on his jet and Captain starts chasing it. He cannot run it down, but Tommy Lee Jones uh, catches up to them in the car. This is the most Roger Rabbit looking car I have ever seen. And how big is this damn underground base that they have time for a foot and car chase while the plane is taking off? Well, they're not. I mean, it's the size of an airstrip outside. And What's... a full-ass conversation. And Carter kisses the cap for, for Locke. And Tommy Lee Jones gets has time to make a joke that he's not kissing him. It's just an airstrip, man. What are you talking about? It's a long friggin' takeoff, is what I'm saying. What do you want? Accuracy? <laughs> Fuck you. All of a sudden, now you want accuracy. But Cat makes it on the plane, and Tommy Lee Jones has, he does it at just the right time that Tommy's able to, like, flip uh, the car around and stop with the back two wheels just barely making uh, making it off the tarmac. Yeah. And almost plunged to their death. It's very, really, very Looney Tunes is what it was. Yeah. Um. But Steve gets onto the plane and they get a good boss fight going on. The skull is is winning-ish, 
Uh, I did like the the zero gravity portions of the fight. It was it was an okay boss fight. Yeah, at least that part was fairly accurate. The plane is diving pretty hardcore. Yeah. Uh, so they would be, uh, you know, airborne. Um, and the fight ends up smashing open the thing that's holding the Tesseract, which is powering this plane. Um, so the Red Skull just decides to grab it raw-handed. And the power is too much for him. And he, like, vaporizes slash it teleports out of there. Uh, he, I'm going to presume I the, dead. I thought the Tesseract went with him, but it apparently didn't. Now, it fell to the floor and then melted itself through the plane. Oh, I didn't. Some I must have been writing because yeah. I didn't see that part. Um. I, I, who cares? Fair enough. He's gone. The plot over. The plane's going down. Peggy's trying to get Steve over the radio to tell him how to, to save him. But Steve's like, you know what? Uh, allow me the dignity of choice. I'm, I'm crashing. This is, this is some more bullshit. How many movies have we seen where they're like, I'm going to sacrifice myself to save everyone, but they don't actually have to. Yeah. He can steer the plane down into the ice, but he can't like slowly turn the plane around and land in the water more gently. Like, or just slowly reduce his speed and his elevation until he just lands. Yeah. Whatever. I mean, it's not like those switches aren't all labeled. You know, flaps, landing gear. But everybody and their brother knows if you pull the thing down, the, the plane slows down. You know, come on now. He and Peggy make a date. This is important. You'll need to know that they they, they agreed to a, a time and date to meet. Yeah. Um, I don't know why, because he fucking missed it. He slept through it. Exactly. But remember that. Put that in your. Yes, I'm going to put it in my pipe and smoke it. Sure. We win the war. Yay. Yeah. I have to tell you, we won that war without the help of Captain America. And I just like to point out that this means just like Indiana Jones, if he wasn't there, it wouldn't have mattered. No, that's not true. If he wasn't I, there. Dude, calm down. Okay. I was making a joke. Well, it fell flat because it was wrong. Um. Oh, my God. So rude. <laughs> Howard Stark finds the Tesseract at the bottom of the ocean. Yeah. How did he um, know to find it there? They followed the flight path of the... Oh, bullshit. And he invented a device to look for the energy signature. But did he also invent a device that tracked the flight path of that plane that they didn't know existed before? Namor told him where to look. No. Um, no. Plot. Yeah. Okay. But he's still going to keep up the search for Steve. It doesn't do any good, but whatever. Um, Steve Rogers becomes a legend. Like, Captain America fades into the legend of the... And this kind of like Amelia Earhart. Sure. Um, but, you know, you've got kids painting Cap Shield and running around and pretending to be Captain America in the streets. And this, to me, is really cool because this is... This is like in the comics where the golden age of comics goes away 
Cap fades into memory. And then now you're going to bring him back for the Avengers and re-bring him into the now. And I, I like this. I like this. Okay. This is well done. Sure. I applaud it. Yeah, sure. Um, Steve wakes up to a ball game on the radio. Yeah, just randomly out of nowhere because we didn't get to watch them take him out of the plane. We have to Listen, put that together somehow. Did, did you want them to try and give you some science of them thawing up a capsicle? Well, actually showing us him in the plane would have been helpful it, instead of just showing us his shield. Did you want that science? Because it wasn't going to be any good. I always want science. They're, they weren't going to do that in a way that made you believe them that they did it. Well, I don't believe that they did it now. So what's the difference? Exactly. Why bother with the making? Oh, because because all of a sudden he wakes up back in his own time and we know that's bullshit. Well, he knows it's bullshit, too. Yes, he... but see, here's in the later movies for me in the later movies, they don't show him being intelligent. Maybe you never gave him a chance. Maybe I didn't, uh, you know. I don't like to give people second chances. Not usually. You're making me do this. But the reason he knows is bullshit. Um is for a really good fucking reason. And um how dare the agents of Shield not bother to do their research? Yeah. Because okay, so Captain America was at physically at the ball game that they're playing on the radio. Yeah. So he knows something's up. Why in the holy fuck wouldn't they play a ball game from after when they knew he yeah. was already gone? Just like a year after the war was won. Something. Yeah. Or it could have been like a news, instead of a ball game, it could have been like news from, you know, like V-Day or something. Yeah. Idiots. Yeah. You know why they got the wrong wrong game? You know why they didn't do it well? Why? Because Robin Sparkles wasn't the one that set that up. Um, so Steve fights his way out of this and Fury corners him in like Times Square and explains that he's been he's been Rip Van Winkling for 70 years. Sure. Yep. And then credits. Uh, the after credits scene is Steve working out in a, a gym, doing a little uh, punch in the bag. Nick Fury walks in. And tells Steve that it's time to save the world. And then we just get a full-on Avengers commercial. Yeah, that was weird. I didn't like it. Yeah. It was literally just a trailer for the next movie. But not even a trailer. Just like flashes of things they'd already recorded. Yeah. Mm. Some of which were from the other MCU movies. And some of which were from the upcoming movie. Yeah, I just... I, no. I don't get the point of the after credits. That was the worst after credit scene we've we've got. Well, so I, far. I mean, I don't get the point of it because it, like, like these motherfuckers don't know that you guys are all going to show up for the next one regardless of what it's about. Oh yeah, we're coming back. So why do the thing? Because it gives us something to talk about. It leaves us with that, that taste for more. Yeah. Well, it doesn't do that for me. You know what? It makes me annoyed because we have to sit there in the movie theater for a fucking hour while credits we're still not actually reading go on. That's fair. 
And you can tell who's not a Marvel fan because those are the guys that get up and leave. <laughs> well, I don't know what they were doing there in the first place. So. Oh, boy. Uh, you know, we never did discuss whether we actually liked the movie or not. Oh, that's a good point. Uh, two and a half hours later. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, yesterday was a rough damn day. I'm tired and swollen and my brain is not going. Yeah, we did. We did miss the initial uh, opinion. So we'll just have to hash it out when we put it on the list. But first, uh-huh. best part of the movie. That's a toss up. Okay. My top favorite scene was Agent Carter shooting the shield. Okay. That shit was funny and was definitely something I would do. And it was also reckless, which showed you how pissed off she was at him. Um, Next favorite was the kid going, go get him. I can swim. Yeah. Um, just like a teeny tiny little ha-ha to lighten up. Because otherwise, you know, it's not like this was a really a heavy and heavy movie. Like if my grandpa was watching it, it probably would have been a little bit heavier. Uh, I feel like I can hear him going, that's not how it happened. <laughs> oh, and uh, Steve Rogers just taking the pin out of the bottom of the flagpole and taking the, um, taking the flag. Because, you know, you don't always need to know how to climb the rope in the gym if you're smarter than all the monkeys that are at the top. Yeah. Intelligence is more important than brute strength. I like it. Um, But definitely the best part of the whole movie, my favorite part, is Agent Carter grabbing the gun and barely even aiming, just shooting in his general direction. (laughs) And, And, you know, so what if she accidentally shoots him in the ankle? Best part. Um, and the, the worst part of the movie. What's the thing that pissed you off or didn't work? So I really don't like Bucky being Steve's childhood friend. I think that's going to be important for what they end up doing in the MCU. Yeah. So I'm going to let that go with a uh, honorable mention or dishonorable mention, I guess. <laughs> yeah. For me... Probably the worst thing this movie did was the uh, Wimpy Steve graphics. I don't, they didn't work. They, they, they drew my eye too much and they didn't feel real. Yeah. And, well, the, and fact it wasn't... That, the fact that that's what I'm, I'm zeroing on is the worst probably isn't too bad. Cause I usually yeah. don't care about the graphics uh, when the story's, well, it, except for the fact that it it distracts you so much from being inside the story. Yeah. I like to, I like for me to disappear and yep. for the movie to just happen to me. Like uh, a really good movie, I'm one of the characters. I'm not me anymore. I'm not thinking, oh, that doesn't look real. Oh, that's dumb. You know, but that stuff takes me out of it. And then I'm and I'm just Stacy watching a movie and it ruins it. So I would agree that's that would be a, a part that that I stuck on. I the other thing that bothered me, um, it's just a little thing, but um, the Hydra salute. Oh, the two fists up. 
No, it wasn't yeah. fists. It was the Hitler uh, salute, but just with both hands. Yeah. Um, and like you mentioned, maybe it was they were trying to not not do the Heil Hitler, but yeah. I mean, you're there's no way anybody's going to think anything else. It's just oh, now it's two Hydra salutes throughout the history of the comics has been totally not Nazis. Wink, wink. Yeah. We're like totally not a Nazi organization. But uh, kind of totally, definitely. We are definitely, definitely not. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sure. But I had, they could have done anything else. Yeah. It would have been really cool if they'd had all those soldiers and they were all at ease and went to attention and did some kind of other move. Yeah. But, the, you know, like, all the soldiers all in one room and they all move in unison and the sound of them all moving in unison, that's powerful. The the mommy pick me up salute is fucking <laughs> weird. Okay. Um, that said, this is our 25th movie. Is it really? Yeah. 20, ep, this is episode 26, but this is our 25th movie because, you know, that season of Blade. Ugh. Uh, so where on the list does Captain 25 go? Okay. I'm going to let you tell me first. It's your turn to stick uh, your neck out. I think my opening bid is above Thor Below Hulk. As an introduction to a character, I think it did better than Thor. Oh, yeah. Did not do better than Hulk. You know why? It's better than Hulk. Okay. Because I already watched a Hulk movie, and that shit was boring to watch it a second time. No, we're talking about the Ed Norton Hulk. Yeah, I know. We already watched a Hulk movie and a, another Hulk origin story. It wasn't an origin story. It was a continuation. No, you are wrong. Okay. We've already had this argument, okay. and you were established as wrong so you want to put it above Hulk? Kind of want to put it above Punisher. Oh, wow. Because, listen here. I am not unbiased to the World War II killing Nazis era. Okay. It is one of my favorite, like, historical times. So if okay, if we're putting this below Iron Man two above Punisher, yeah, this is firmly in you would watch it again territory. Uh, yeah, yeah, I would I would watch it again. This is this is even not, in like not this week. Recommend it to a friend territory. Yeah, um, like okay, if if Sarah said I want to watch the Avengers movies. I would be like, absolutely watch um, Captain America. Okay. Um, Because it's not straight up comic books. It's like retro comics. He's not an over the top superhero. Right? Yeah. It's a little bit easier to believe that he has, because it doesn't seem like he has like super strength. He's not the Hulk. It's yeah. not over the top and it's not, and it's. It's historical, and it's the stuff that's anachronistic 
is because of Hydra and Hydra is a made up thing and they have made up thing uh, technology. Uh, they did the, the, the costumes were good. The hair was good. The, uh, it, yeah, I, I dug it in general. Okay. It is now four of 25. So you're just not even argue with me about nope. it. No. Because you didn't like the Punisher. I didn't like the Punisher that much. Um, well, the Punisher is. It's a good movie. Yes, but, but it's not a Marvel my, movie. My my enjoyment of it lowers the more I like because if they redid the Punisher right now, that same story with different actors and the money that they're putting in the others, that movie would be so much better. Yeah. But the fact that it can be redone and be better says it's not the greatest movie in the whole entire world. Sure. Well, I I don't disagree. But and... yeah, if 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 Rose came home and said, "Hey, let's put on a Marvel movie," um, I would I would probably watch that one before I would watch X Men, just because I like that era. I okay. like the the feel of it. Sure. It's some of my favorite movies in the whole entire world are set in that time period. I'm I'm not fighting. No, I'm I, just I'm just saying for I the people fight, who will for the other people who will be like, are you crazy? I will fight later to put better movies above it. But it's not a bad movie. It's not a bad movie. It was well done. It was well done. It's a good era. I got Howard Stark. I got Peggy Carter. I got to actually like Captain America, which, quite frankly, he hadn't done that before he's not the coolest dude no but in his element in his era yes he is yes he but if you put him up against the other guys he's not that great now see and this is the other great thing about captain america right you you got to know him in the 40s where he's supposed to be yeah anytime you see him from now on he's the fish out of water yeah he doesn't belong yeah, well, I do remember one particular scene where he's running. I don't know where he's, he's in Washington or something, and he's he's running and he 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 does have a fish out of water yeah. feel, like he's still kind of marveling at the cars and the technology. Steve and, Rogers is an anachronism. Yeah, and you're gonna you're gonna be able. But that's to bring the only that. that's the only time I like somebody from the past coming to the future. Because usually that shit pisses me off. I want if I'm doing time travel, I want to do it the other way around. Yeah. I don't want to see modern times with a fish out of the water. Yeah. Okay. But he does it in such a way that it's more enjoyable. Um okay. kind of like when, when we watched Wonder Woman and she's No, was that wasn't Wonder Woman. Was it Wonder Woman? No, that was um what was it where there was a blockbuster. And we were all like, oh. Yeah, that was 1984. That was one moment. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Well, that wasn't uh, an argument at all. Nope. I actually really enjoyed the movie. I was a little bit tired and it made me a little bit cranky. We got to start watching these movies earlier in the day. Yeah. Like, you know, while the dogs are asleep. (laughs) Um, Because, honestly, uh, the new puppy needing attention uh, and I can't take notes, and she keeps eating my toes because I'm not paying attention to her. Yeah. 
I start to get a little bit aggravated and then I start not liking the movie because I'm aggravated. Yeah, well, don't blame next week on the dog. Why? Oh, shit. We're at that time. My least favorite part of the podcast. Do I want to hear this? I don't, do I? I think that you are going to be excited and I am going to be the one that's upset. Oh, good. What are we watching next week? We're watching uh, number two. Well, that doesn't bode well. We're watching the only other Marvel Knights movie. Are you watching Ghost Rider 2? Yes. I Have I seen Ghost Rider 2? The Spirit of Vengeance. I don't think I've seen it. Does it have Nicolas Cage in it? Yeah. Do you know what the basic story is? I remember gagging. No, I don't know. I, you I, rude I AF. Might, I might have actually refused to watch this movie. Uh, Johnny Blaze, tortured by the Ghost Rider's curse, gets a chance of redemption through protecting the devil's son whose father is pursuing him. Oh, guess who's in this movie? Idris Elba. Oh, well, good for him. No. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. How has he been in everything we've seen, but I didn't notice him until he was... What? You know who else is in it? Who? Giles. You lie? Nuh-uh. And motherfucking Connor McCloud. What are you talking about? That is... No. <gasps> Christopher Lambert. What? I am now excited. No. Why would he be in this? He He's... To me, he's he's more sophisticated than that. I am now excited for this. Uh, I can't remember if it was this. Methodist? Method, Methodius? What is that? I can't remember if it was this movie or National Treasure. But prior to one of those two movies, Nicolas Cage refused to do a sequel. Refused. He would not revisit a character. And I can't remember if it was this one or National Treasure that broke that. Um, well, I think and also started to be like the downslope for Nicolas Cage. Okay, now you are not allowed to be rude about Nicolas Cage's uh, downturn in his career because he's doing what he can to make money. Now, listen, he he had some gambling issues. He had he had some issues, um, and he started doing shitty movies in order to make money to take care of a family member. Sure. Oh, they were gonna do a Face Off sequel. Nicholas Cage also turned down Lord of the Rings. Wow. Can you imagine Nicholas Cage in Lord of the Rings? <laughs> well. Like, which, which did he turn down? Legolas? Aragorn? Well, he did not turn down Ghost Rider 2. And so... Do he also turn down The Matrix? Yo, that would have ruined everything. Sorry, I, I just, um, I wanted to know what, what sequel he refused to do. I mean, a sequel to Face Off would have sucked. Yeah, absolutely. That that story was told. Yep. So we'll get the telling of Ghost Rider 2. Next week on, on Marvel, Marvel Movie, Movie Night. Night.